space, the final frontier. These are the voyages of the Starship Enterprise. Its continuing mission to explore strange new worlds, to seek out new life and new civilizations, to boldly go where no one has gone before. And welcome back to the Life Force Movie Minute Vampire Movie Minute podcast. Kind of a combination of words. Tonight, we are talking about minutes 70 to 75, as I like to call them, Screaming Stuart. I am your host, Dr. Chris. And I'm Scott Danielson. And we begin this episode with uh, them entering the warden, the, the psychic ward, and a big guy on a bed with some facial problem, or is that his beard? I couldn't tell. Yeah, it's a, it looks like it looks like he's got some sort of scar or something like that. But yeah, this is at, at the beginning of the scene. We believe this is who the vampire has possessed. That's what we're led to believe, at least. So they're gonna they're they're saying that they're gonna sedate him in order to to, uh, to take him. Basically. Correct. And the orderly that keeps showing up in this uh, these this five minutes uh, right here in the beginning as well is uh, John Hall Hall. Do I don't have the movie up? Do I still have the movie up? I do still have the movie up. John Hall Am Hallam. Is that how you pronounce his name? It looks like it. Yeah. He plays Lampson, and he is an actor that has been in uh, Dragon Slayer. Mrs. Marpel, never seen that one. The Wicker Man, definitely seen that one. <laughs> Robin Hood. Flash, yeah, Flash Gordon, too. Oh, he was in Flash Gordon? Yep. Like Flash Gordon a thousand years ago or Flash Gordon from the 80s? Flash, in 1980, Flash Gordon, he played Luro. Oh, okay. That's not popping up on IMDb if you never that right. Oh, there it is. Okay, yep, known for Flash Gordon. Yep. Have you ever seen Dragon Slayer? Oh, yeah, yeah, I've seen Dragon Slayer. Oh, yeah, it's one of those quintessential fantasy 80s movies. I don't think it gets as much love as, like, some of the other 80s fantasy films, like Labyrinth. It's kind of, it's crazy to me, because Dragon Slayer in particular is one that, it, it actually follows, basically, the, sta- like, the, every fantasy novel, if that makes sense. Like, every single, like, guy coming here to, like, to fight a dragon, and there's, like, you know, it's very, it's very like by the book fantasy stuff, but a lot of the fantasy that seems to have endured is stuff that came up like even a little bit later in the decade. So it is, or more kid oriented. Yeah, definitely. Um, I always relate uh, fantasy to like three films of the eighties. Um, Labyrinth, like I said, uh, the Princess Bride, of course. Yes. Uh, which is fantasy. People say it, it's not. And I'm like, it, it, it actually kind of is. Um, and of course, uh, one of the quintessential fantasy films of the 80s, one of the greatest canon films ever made, since we're talking about a canon movie, a movie okay. that stole money from one canon film from the other, Masters of the Universe. Oh, goodness. <laughs> Come on, that movie's great. I want uh, to do a Masters of the Universe minute podcast so badly. <laughs> uh, Frank Langella is very good in it. Oh, my God. And he said it's his favorite role, one of his favorite roles of all time. Oh yeah, well he was just having a time. Like that was, I think, he, like he he was just having a time, and he got the sword fight, and it was something he never really got to do. So he just like he a- approached Skeletor like a Shakespearean villain, as he said. So. Oh yeah, he, he, he elevated he, above and beyond what it was on the cartoon. 
Yeah, um, we can yeah. totally go into that if we ever do the Masters of the Universe minute. This is not the Masters of the Universe podcast. <laughs> yeah, it, it is. It is funny though because some of those like you can have you can have that on the one end. You have someone like Frank Langella who's like, oh yeah, I loved I loved making that movie. Versus Bob Hoskins, uh, rest in peace. Who, anytime. They asked him, like, oh, what's the worst movie you ever made? Uh, Super Mario Brothers. What's the worst time you ever had on a, on a movie? Super Mario Brothers. Like, he just nonstop just kept hammering that movie. So they uh, sedate so Stuart, and he figures out because she, he, she, he, that's what he'll call, that's what we'll call her, the she, he, uh, touched him, he sensed it was her. Do you, in a way, think that this is like, I don't know, how many other movies the vampire transform go from male to female? Is this could, could this be considered almost the first transgendered vampire ever? <laughs> I, it, it, this is before, uh, by the way, Fright Night Part Two, which did have a transgender actor vampire in that movie. Yeah, <laughs> no, I, it seems to, it seems to be that the the message here is more shapeshifter than a full identity because the the central identity seems to be still this you know, whether it's a monster or looks like a woman or looks like a, you know, a bass or whatever it is, it is just a, it seems to be a bonded, I believe female entity. It's hard to say. I'm sure, I'm sure there's plenty of stuff to be said in terms of how this, now I will say this thematically in terms of this, this nonstop pull between two people, regardless of their forms, that, that does read potentially into trans territory, but I, I, th- I think it. I think it all really depends on which angle you're looking at it from. Definitely. Um, let's see. What do my notes have here? Uh, so we get a lot of screaming Patrick Stewart. <laughs> yes. Basically, it's like uh, they the exposition dialogue of like what happened as we were saying, and uh, you know um, that. Uh, by the way, the patient uh, whose room they're in is Sykes, played by Ken Perry. Ah, there you go. And yeah, if anyone, by the way, is interested in watching this movie, it is free, uncut, on Prime, Amazon Prime, and you get a nice little pop-up video of all the actors who keep showing up in the movie. If you don't want to have the x-ray up, you don't have to. But it's very helpful if you're doing stuff like this where you're analyzing the film and you're like, who the hell is that actor? <laughs> yes, very useful. Yes. Uh, we didn't always do that because I did the Blu-ray, and I'm sure Scott probably used the DVD that I sent him. <laughs> yes. Correct. But every once in a while, I was I didn't have the Blu-ray handy to stick it in. I was like, oh, you know what I need to do? I need to watch it on Prime because it has pop of video. Yeah, there you go. Um, they wheel Stewart into the uh, surgery room, which is kind of funny because I guess they're going to be performing some type of uh, hypnotic mental surgery. Yeah, it's it's funny because despite allegedly taking place in the in in the like modern eighties, everything looks so old like the costumes and the building like it looks like uh if you told me it was a surgical theater from the 1950s i would believe you i mean it probably is to some extent but it just looks so old it looks like this you know it just looks like an odd place for this to be taking place then they start talking with her voice now this can't be the actress's voice because she doesn't speak a lick of english yeah, I don't know. I don't know who they got for that, but yeah, it's definitely yeah. They got they got a different voice, and then um, yeah, they're, they're also they're also talking back and forth with uh, Lamson, trying to be like, hey, we need to we need to sedate Patrick Stewart a bunch more, and he's like, okay, how how much? And they're like, how much does that dose usually do? It's like a couple hours, and he's like, all right, I need three more of those, and he's like, three? Why three? <laughs> 
even even though there's clearly something weird going on. And he's got like he has like basically somebody who works for the prime minister right next to him. It's like, yeah, just, just let him do it. Like, why are you why are you challenging him on this? <laughs> right. And uh, the um, <laughs> the orderly shows up and they're all like, oh, hey, we're not doing anything. <laughs> and he's like, uh, you needed three more of these things? And they're like, yep. And they're, he, he, he's just not, because I can't explain to him space vampire, you know, for him to understand. No, not not at all. Yeah. Well, it's also it's like it's like yeah. If you hear the the voice that's going to come out of Patrick Stewart, I'm going to have even less answers for you. So you should just leave now. <laughs> I think Stewart also looks completely different in this film versus compared to like uh, Star Trek: The Next Generation, which he would start filming in like two years. I feel like in Star Trek he looks younger and skinnier. I can tell you I can tell you exactly what it is at least as far as I'm concerned. It is it is the hair that he has. Oh, okay. I thought okay, my my next guess was going to be the uniform he is wearing in Star Trek is form-fitting whereas he's in a suit in this movie. That's, that's that's potentially part of it, but the main thing is that like I think what what Patrick Stewart like now he just shaves his head completely, but in Star Trek the Next Generation he has very closely like his basically his sideburns are very closely shaved down. Right whereas here, whereas here they they look they're big. Like they're actually it looks actually like grown out. Which I it's the most hair I've ever seen on Patrick Stewart, which is kind of funny considering he's still nothing up top. But you know, but it's a, but it, it looks but it kind of makes his head look bigger because it it actually juts out from the rest of his head, which is I'm sure why when he they're like oh yeah you're gonna be on TV you know you're gonna be a weekly TV show shave that down it's gonna look stupid otherwise. I guess we haven't um, cured baldness in the future. <laughs> No, 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 no. That's that's uh, yeah. And I'm sorry, but <laughs> last time I last time I heard from uh, from a, a doctor, they said, yeah, no, baldness is a disease. You losing your hair is not. You're given hair for a reason. You losing your hair is not good. <laughs> yeah, it, it's it's very it's very interesting to see all the things that are technically diseases. Like it's it's like a, basically a bunch of people were like, oh, how does everybody have like an allergy to like nuts or stuff like that? And there might be like some environmental stuff to that, but a lot of people are like, yeah, before we just had unexplained deaths. <laughs> so like people just went into anaphylaxis and they didn't know why. So now they do. <laughs> so, just more knowledge with time, hopefully. Definitely. Well, and then the five minutes ends with him popping off the syringe and that right there, as soon as you hear the pop, that's when our five minutes ends. I don't have any other notes for this episode besides waxing poetically about Patrick Stewart's performance of lying on a gurney. Absolutely. <laughs> um, Scott, where can people find us? We are at the Vampire Minute, both on Facebook and on Twitter. And there will be two episodes of the podcast this week because we've been falling a little bit behind. And we only put out one episode in May, so expect the other five, another five minutes in just a few days after hearing this one on iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Play. And don't forget to check out the rest of the episodes on the Radio Power YouTube channel and all the other movies that we've covered, such as Once Bitten and The Lost Boys. And coming up soon, we will be covering, just in time for Season 3, late this summer, What We Do in the Shadows, the movie which uh, coincidentally might run into another Taika Waititi movie involving a certain thunder god. Oh, please, yes. <laughs> I cannot wait. Did you see the still Taika put up of him and Chris? Chris's arms are bigger than mine, thicker than Holy my entire cow! body. 
That dude oh. got in serious shape again after not having to worry about being too much shape after uh He's yeah. Well it's it's interesting because he is he is a guy like he's always been like Mr. Fitness guy like, but that I seriously yeah, I've never seen tall his, too. He's like six foot one. Oh, I know. But I've never seen his arms that big. It was it was ridiculous. I'm like, oh, so I, I'm I'm I was kinda like, so that's what Superman arms should look like? Uh take notes to whoever's next. Like that's <laughs> Damn. Yeah. But, yeah, it was also cool to see that Tycho was wearing his uh, motion caption suit with the Korg head above his head. Oh, so good. And I'm like, yes, Korg is back. Of course Korg has to be back. He's Peace off, ghost. <laughs> That's the best. Get out, ghost. You people look hey. like you're in serious need of leadership. Oh, well, thank <laughs> you very much. <laughs> you ready to join the revolution? Oh, Meek's dead. I accidentally killed him when I was uh, stomping on the... Stomped on him back. Uh, oh, wait. Meek's alive, everyone. Yay. So good. <laughs> Do you know that uh, apparently um, the the guy that um, Korg is fighting with in Fortnite in Endgame is the Apple guy that tries to sell the Xbox to Falcon after he came back from the blip. Oh, man. And he's the same, that's the same former Apple employee that worked at the Apple store when Captain America and Black Widow were on the run from S.H.I.E.L.D. Oh, wow. Yeah. A lot of, they love their interconnectivity, don't they? Yeah, but I found that out. They said, yeah, well, I knew that was the same actor, but I had no idea that was the guy Korg was fighting in the uh, Fortnite game. <laughs> Good go. in a few days, everybody. Thank you very much. See you next time. Dorgan Ramen is a restaurant in Ashland, Massachusetts. Serves traditional and authentic Japanese ramen, Thai noodle soups, and the best chicken wings in Metro West. Everything's done in-house from scratch, and they use only the highest quality products from small farms. Co-chef owners, Papanook and Alan McIntosh, combine their culinary skills with traditional Japanese cuisine to create an authentic, amazing flavor in every dish. Located at 1 West Union Street on Ashland, Massachusetts, their phone number is 508 309-3416 or they can be located on Facebook at Dorgan Ramen Ashland and on their website as well www.dorganramen.com